It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Glenn Mason said a long time ago at the University of Minnesota, you need a pair and a spare. Thank you, PJ. It is the pair and a spare podcast justin guard from kfan chip scoggins from the star tribune and ryan burns from gopherillustrated.com burnsy one week into the engagement everything good it is especially when you get to go celebrate a wedding in kenosha i think chip and i both enjoyed our time in the uh, state just east of us here chip, i had family yours? weekend i didn't have a wedding but i had family weekend the whole family my daughter had fall break from kansas so she was with us and we went over to see our son who's a freshman at wisconsin and we actually we we're on the field Shocker, strip guy on the field at Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that didn't take much. Oh, Star Tribune, yeah, we love you guys. Yeah, yeah we Absolutely. love all the positive coverage for the Badgers over here. Yeah, come on over. You want to see the axe? Can we take you around the Kohl Center? Just can't believe that. For our listeners. You want to, talk to, want to talk to Greg Gard about more Lakeville North kids that, are, that, that we're going to celebrate going across the border? Sure. Come on over, Chip. I wish our listeners could have been in on our group text when I sent the photo of my family and I at midfield at Camp Randall. You threatening to, to tweet it out from pair to spare pod. So it's only a matter of time. <laughs> yeah, right. it's, it's only a matter of time. I like the one with you and Barry Alvarez, too. That was good. Where you, you kind of had your arm around him. Was that at the State Street Brats? <laughs> yeah, where, where were you? Oh, we did. We did do State Street Brats. It was, uh, you have to. You my, have to. My freshman has found that. Yeah. <laughs> he, yep. has, he has put that one on the circuit. Yeah, that's um, good. That's good. So, yeah, it is a fun time to be with family again. But um, And college football is a fun to Crazy. I love bye week so you can actually watch college football. It's true, and I actually got to because my daughter was sick. Yeah, tell this story. And we were supposed to go to, um, like, uh, Dan Barrera, who I work with on The Fan, for those that are listening in uh, Malawi that might not be familiar <laughs> with KFAN, he said, so what's bye week like? You know, you just relaxing. I'm like, oh, this was, you know, the second that it's like, oh, October 9th is bye week, here's what we're doing with the kids Friday night, here's <laughs> what we're doing with the kids Saturday, here's what I'm doing, and when I say me, I mean my wife, here's what I have scheduled. Um, it, that's how it works. But So we were supposed to go to Great Wolf Lodge, we did go to Great Wolf Lodge, kind of. We didn't stay overnight because my daughter was sick, so the boys went with my wife, which was tremendous because <laughs> they got their experience. Little Jilly slept on me for like four hours, watched the entire Iowa-Penn State game, flipped over to a couple of others, and uh, got to go to the water park Sunday morning. So it was all good. It was nice to have nothing to do last week, though. Yeah. It is nice. Bye Although week you is do nice. feel guilty like when you work every weekend telling your spouse, yeah, I'm just gonna sit here on the couch and watch uh, football all day. Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure that's the yeah had it the been, right answer. Had we not had the uh, Great Wolf Lodge excursion, no, I would not have seen a second. I would <laughs> no, have said you'd, you'd been picking pumpkins and apples. Bro. Exactly yeah. right. <laughs> yep, and uh, we've got family photos next Sunday or this Sunday. Um, <laughs> Lucky you. Yeah, probably right during the Vikings game, but you know, whatever. Who cares? Uh, by the way, if you ever want to do something in town and have no lines, just do it during the Vikings game. Yeah, and DVR it later. That's actually um, that's a good uh, hack for everybody. So, all right, engagement's good. Wedding was good. Yep. Saw you on Monday. It looked like you were still banged up a little bit, so you're still living your best life. <laughs> I got like my heel hurts. I got like plantar fasciitis now. I'm on the IR from all the he dancing I was doing, and he I walked... lost my voice on Sunday. It was just. I'm so glad we didn't have to go for football Sunday, or else Chip, you would have had to go back to back because I was a. It was just squeaking. We saw Birdsy, and he had the morning after voice. You, oh. know, you know that one. I my, vaguely remember that. <laughs> my yeah. very white voice was in full effect yesterday at the press conference. It was. I was. I told Greeter when I got there. I just hope I don't 
my voice doesn't crack when I'm asking PJ a question, and thank God it didn't. That's good. That's good. Well, we're glad you're here, and you look like you're about 75%. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's, um, we're getting there. Yeah, we're getting there. Well, uh, you get to be my age. It's a little slower in the morning. Trust now. me. We know, man. Uh, we want to thank Northern Lids, northernlids.com, for uh, sponsoring the podcast each and every week. Go to northernlids.com to check out new hats, check out custom-made, uh, super cool patch-style hats. They're amazing. They do a lot of great work. You can follow them at Northern Lids on Twitter. Highly recommend that you do that. But we appreciate them jumping in and helping us out here, northernlids.com. All right, we mentioned the P.J. Fleck press conference. There was really one main topic, and we've actually got some breaking gopher news as well that we're going to get to, but it was more or less all about Trey Potts, right? And the update, uh, really the first official update we got from head coach P.J. Fleck on what uh, happened to Trey Potts at uh, Purdue, what has happened since then with Trey Potts, and what will happen with Trey Potts here moving forward. What did we learn yesterday at the press conference, boys? Yeah, just that he, I don't think it's any great surprise that he's not going to play this year again. Um, when you talk to people behind the scenes and just kind of the realistic view of it, when a guy's in a hospital for six days afterwards, um, you know it's a serious thing, and mm-hmm. you know that that's not just something you rush back from. And so I guess the, the larger question now, and I asked PJ about this yesterday, is, okay, this is the year, but do you get any sense, or is it too early to know is his football career done? And PJ kind of left the door open, said it's, you know, it's too early for that. Um, but, and we have to talk about the impact on the football, but I think all of us agree that yeah, the number one thing above any football or anything is just that this young man has, has a full recovery and gets his health back and can lead a productive life. Yeah, we still don't know what the injury is specifically. Um, I'm sure it'll come out here as time continues to go on from yep. the Potts family. Again, that's Flex whole deal, whether it was Mo with the Achilles or Potts with whatever it is now. He wants the kid to have control yeah. over what it is and it, how it comes out. So for everybody angry about it, we don't know what it is, well, we'll see if and when Potts wants to release that. But you feel bad for the run first team that has now their first two running backs. We're at the air now, baby. Yeah. I mean, we talked yeah. about the pair and a spare in the air, and we're at the air. It is. And, I mean, even long-term here, before we get into the solutions here for Nebraska, it's like, who do you think is more likely to play another down, Trey Potts or Mo Ibrahim at the University of Minnesota? Oh, man. I'd say neither. Yeah, I would. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Trey Potts, because technically that door has been left open, and we think Mo's probably going to move on. Yeah. I would if I were him, right? But also Mo's, Mo's different. I mean, Mo's like Tanner. I mean, they might be here for the next decade still. Yeah, I would say, you know, Mo would probably move on, but does he have to show anything? Hard to know. I mean, to get drafted high, yeah, yes, but to get an opportunity, probably not. Not to well, get an even, opportunity. Yeah. Even to even get drafted, I think. Yeah. Again, his collegiate resume is sensational, but I think everybody here knows the, the track record of NFL running backs with Achilles injuries, and so yeah. I don't know what, what's going to happen there. And then obviously with Trey, with whatever the, I guess, internal injury is with him, I mean, it's it's a quality of life thing, too. That Yeah, and, that, and a risk. And that without knowing what, body, it what it is, but just um, that's something him and his family would have to weigh is uh, is the risk worth it? And uh, you'd have to get, I assume, major clearance from doctors that they feel comfortable putting you back out, letting you go back out there. So, yeah, it wouldn't be surprising me if we don't surprise me if we don't see either it's, running back again, which is, yeah. is which is sad, you know, because. Potts was, I mean, Potts was starting to establish himself. No yeah. question. Yeah, I mean, he, no he was, question. He was, a, I mean, we've talked about him for months now. I mean, mm-hmm. he's, he's a good Big Ten running back, and now it's, we're going to find out what you got. I mean, I don't know what you two would do, but I wrote about it yesterday on Gopher Illustrated. I think it's time to give it to the young kids. 
Well, yeah. I think you have to. That's your option. They're your best guys. Yeah. They're, I mean, clearly they were trending that way anyway behind Trey, so I don't know. Yeah. That's where they were on the depth chart, talking about Bucky and talking about uh, Kai Thomas, well, right? And I think I added up 43 carries between uh, Irving, Thomas, Cam Wiley, and Bryce Williams this year. Mm-hmm. And I think Cam Wiley was at six and Bryce was at five. So they were getting phased out yep. anyways yep. before this. Now, does this change things in terms of you want to have a little more experience with it? I I don't think so. I think you go with your best guys at this point. Yeah. And I think that's your two freshmen. And so, but even PJ admitted yesterday, he's like, we don't really know. Right. You don't know. Until you go. Until you go. The lights yeah. come on. I mean, that that's the whole deal. I mean, you look at Bryce Williams. Since that 2018 true freshman magical season, he has a couple touchdown runs against Wisconsin to help Minnesota beat Madison in Madison. He's had 27 carries since then, in 2019, 2020, and 2021, it's 27 carries for 34 yards. Mm-hmm. What's the outlier? What's not? And then Cam Wiley hasn't played since the Miami of Ohio game. He's been a healthy scratch. I mean, I think you're going to need both of them at some point. Yes. But the I way think, it's going. Yes. Yeah. I mean. I don't think P.J. can change who he is. But I don't know that this offense can function the way he wants it to. Hundred percent. It has, to, it it has yeah. to be a passing offense now. Well, more than it has been. More, yeah, well, passing in, in air quotes. Hundred percent. Well, that's the big thing. Is I mean, I I've seen a lot of people on GR even on Twitter saying they got to open it up. Okay, well, if I told you they're going to throw the ball twenty five times a game now, to me that's Aaron air I quotes agree. here opening it up. That I is. agree. Yeah, because yeah. Tanner's throwing the ball what eighteen times, one or more times. Yeah, just like yeah. once or twice in yeah. the first five games. So, yeah, if they throw the ball seven, eight more times, but they're going to have to. And this is where you wonder if they'll add in new wrinkles where it's more screens, more safer passes, more high percentage to kind of use those as de facto running plays instead of just more deep shots. Right. I, mean, I like that they took those against Purdue, but yep. I don't know that you can throw 15 of those in a game. Right. You need to have some high percentage things, slants and, and screens to, to um, sort of serve as a running game when we think they're gonna have dalen right back we know they've got crab well that's the other thing daniel crab's jackson a, what do we crab, think yeah crab's about as healthy as he's going to be now after half a bye week daniel jackson was banged up a little bit you have dalen right back who got back last week during the bye i mean you're also got to factor into this whole running equation i bet you we see a, as much cole kramer as we saw against Purdue yeah. each game yeah. going yeah, forward eventually you have to throw out of it now i feel like i said that all last year with seth green mm-hmm. and then threw it what twice but how big were those impactful plays but it's gonna be i mean again with bucky he's a true freshman kai thomas is a freshman and these guys just don't have a lot of experience so yes you can ride them but you also have to ride most importantly here mike sanford and pj fleck your fourth year quarterback with now as healthy as you've been and with your skill position players on the outside your pass catchers don't you get the sense that you're gonna see a lot of cole kramer Probably. Sneaks like eight of those a game. Well, given that they gave an entire series to it against Purdue, now some of that could have been the elements, some of that could have been what was going on. I don't know. Yeah, probably. I would think so. Mix it up a little bit, give people a different look. They've just, by the way, they've had a bye to figure it out, too. I mean, if you want to say, wow, this came at an interesting time, it did because they've had, you know, a week and change because they obviously knew pretty early on Mm -hmm. that Trey wasn't going to factor into their plans when he's still in the hospital late last week. It's like, well, he's not just going to line up and play for Nebraska against Nebraska. Right. So you've had a bye week to get in the lab, so to speak. I know they were recruiting and stuff, but so they, I mean, we'll see if they come up with new stuff. And, uh, you know, I understand doing that more short yards, but 
what is that really going to gain you? Mm-hmm. You're not going to get big plays out of that. You might move the sticks some. I, I'd argue you would if you ever threw a play action on and it. And they might if they do, open. if they had that wrinkle versus just, hey, we got to get eight more runs out of this. Yeah. I say that, but how many times have we ever seen Seth Green throw it in three years? Five there were a couple. Yeah. yeah. I remember yeah. a handful. But yeah. I, I, we said this after Mo went down. Trust your fourth-year senior quarterback. Right. Trust these wide receivers. And, and, and yes, the wide receivers have been in flux with injuries and in Dalen's situation, but um, you got him back. I think it's time to, you know, you have to adjust in a, in a I don't know if dramatic's the right word, but in a, in a meaningful way because I just don't think, all right, let's get Bucky 22 carries. Right. I, I just don't know that that's realistic. And I'm curious how the balance is going to be with those guys now because – Obviously, there was no balance when Trey was in there. He yeah. just basically became the new Mo. So, do they try to mix it in more? Because they're different runners too. I mean, we've seen that, so they have different skill sets well, and all when of those. When was the things. last time you saw PJ Fleck not have a bell cow running back? I mean, we saw it to an extent with Rodney and Shannon, Shannon and, Mo, and Mo. But I think it's a little bit different. You had three established backs there. Where yeah, you that's how it's different. Yeah, and now you have. Two freshmen that are inexperienced that maybe you trust, and then you have Bryce Williams and Cam Wiley who haven't really shown anything in years now. So, Unless one of these guys takes off, yeah, which we don't know. I mean, that may happen. If one of them just, you know, hey, all of a sudden light comes on and they're really good and they look like they can handle it, I can see it that. But until we see it, you don't know. And right. so that's I th- where I do think Marquis Serving is probably going to be the guy to get the most touches. Yep. And then I would say Kai Thomas, the way Fleck talked about it yesterday, and it sounds like from a different few different things of practice, Kai Thomas has seen an elevated workload here. But, I mean, Bryce Williams is still going to have a role, but Cam Wiley now, it's now or never. I mean, same thing with Bryce Williams. It's now or never if you're going to be taken off in this backfield. And I think we also have to say this offensive line has to be more consistent pass blocking. Yeah. Because that's where they've gotten in trouble. And I think that's where maybe less of not having faith in the wide receivers as much as the offensive line hasn't, at times, been consistent enough to earn that trust to throw the ball out. I mean, we've seen them get looked overwhelmed trying to pass block at times. So they have to be better. I mean, there's no sense, there's no reason for a group that has that kind of experience and all the accolades that they're getting not to be more consistent as pass blockers. It's a great transition into the news of the morning here that Curtis Dunlap, who has played in every game for Minnesota at right guard, is now in the NCAA transfer portal. Uh, and that I wonder with, and again, what you can believe PFF, you cannot be, believe PFF. I mean, you talk to some different people around there. I think Curtis, of the six linemen that Minnesota played, was probably the sixth best yeah. this year. Yeah. And I wonder, you mentioned, I mean, the offensive line has to be better, and I think that's one of the big things now is – that means Blaze Andrews is going to play 100% of the snaps. That means Daniel Falele is going to play 100% of the snaps. And some of the issues they were having in pass pro is these stunts and twists. Well, again, I don't pretend to be an elite offensive line mind, but I know a guy who is and Derek Burns. And he thinks some of the issues they were having is they were rotating so much, you'd see a stunt and twist with the guy next to you. Well, then in the next series, that guy's new, and yeah. then you can't have that same amount of communication up front. So. I buy into that. I, do I, buy I think into there's that. something to it. Yeah, yeah. I mean – I don't know if it's 100%, but I think there's it contributed to it for sure. Yeah. Well, I'd like to see a world without having that issue Yeah. to see if it was all of it or if it's just guys have to play better or whatever. Well, so I I'm think we're going to find out because yeah. I wonder if that's the reason why Curtis is now back in the portal because we talked about it on the way up. Is I mean, Curtis entered the portal last fall, came back out. Now he's back in. Again, I'd imagine there's no more O-line rotation. 
So now that you have a consistent five up front with Schluter, Olsen, John Michael Schmitz, Blaze Andrews, and Daniel Falele, you're going to need to step it up because this running game is going to need it. Yeah, and I wonder if the coaches came to that same conclusion, like, you know what, we're trying to be too, too, cute. Com- yeah, too yeah. cute or complicated For or, sure. or I, overthinking yeah. this. And, and I, You know, I didn't mind the experiment because you, you, if you feel like you have six starters, see if it works. But if they get to the point and say, you know what, it's, it's counterproductive at this point, then go back to – the five and maybe the, without knowing uh, Dunlop's reasoning, that makes sense that maybe he got that message that, Hey, we're going with five and mm-hmm. you're, you're the sixth. And well, that, but I, I still don't understand transferring to middle season. I'm sorry. I just, I, I don't you putting your name in the portal for a second time. And that's where I wonder, I mean, you watch back the Purdue day, Purdue game and you look at the snap counts. That was Curtis's lowest snap count of the season or it was blaze Andrews highest snap count of the season. Yeah. So I wonder if, Curtis was fired up on the sidelines too, and they went down and marched and, and had the Chris Alton Bell. He was taunting the Purdue fans. He was he he felt I felt like he was in the boat, and I was like, "Well, slow down, Curtis. It's first quarter here. Purdue hasn't even had the ball yet. You know, right. I'm sure you don't want that on your conscience the rest of the day." But well, you wonder. You mentioned transferring, yeah, you know, and every kid's got a different reason. Sure, it's you know, it's it's nothing new that kids are transferring now. But I agree with you. It's like if I'm advising him, it's well, do it's fine if you made the decision you want to leave at the end of the year, but. Why don't we finish this year and play well, and then you've got six more games to go, here's what I have to offer you, as opposed to now, who knows what he's going to be doing for the next handful of weeks. Obviously, he'll be on scholarship and everything probably to the end of the semester, but what's he going to be doing? Well, and the other thing is, you're one injury for being a starter. A, a great point. <laughs> what? Great point. I mean, yeah, you may not. You, you may, may be playing running back in, in November. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I mean, the way it's going now. Yeah, it's like, it's not like you're number 10. Right. You know, you're right there. You're getting snaps, and so it, you're one ankle sprain from being starting the rest of the game. Or, so I, I don't – again, I don't know his rationale or what's going through his mind, but um, it just feels strange for someone to transfer midseason. That's been playing playing a lot. Yeah. yeah. So now that means Axel Rushmeyer, who started last year, is now elevated into that sixth offensive lineman role. I think you now have Nathan Bowe, who is the eighth mm-hmm. offensive lineman with Minnesota love to go to that package. He's the seventh, so – I mean, I, I do wonder what this all means for the just for the offense as a whole because, again, I, it's tough to speculate because you don't know the kids' reasoning just yet. But, I mean, I do wonder if it was, hey, we're finally – the staff admitted we're getting too cute. We're going to go to 5-0 lineman, Curtis. You're the sixth. And, again, to everyone's point here, how often do offensive linemen get injured? I mean – A lot. Cons- yeah. Constantly. So you're just one play away. Again, I I would have given him the same advice. Now he's not asking for it. I, his, our advice, and I get it. But wait till the end of the season. Go about it that way. I just think you would have had more options at that point. Yeah, and it's it's more attractive. If I'm a opposing coach from another thing, it's more attractive for a guy to stick through a season than bail in Milsey. But that's, you know, everybody everybody can make their own decisions. But it's 2021. Do you, do you yeah. think, because of all the things on offense – it just seems like this puts even more pressure on their defense to probably be, to be really good. Yeah. I just don't. I still wonder, like, how's this offense going to score a mm-hmm. lot of points against good defenses? Yeah, it feels like they're going to have to win a different way. Well, especially the way that PJ wants to play. That's what the mismatch is, and that's why I was going to ask you guys. So we've talked about expectations for this season for a long time, as recently as a couple of weeks ago, what they should be for this season. Have they changed now? I mean, we've said they should be contending for the West. Seems like it's Iowa's to, to lose yeah. at this point. We're going to talk about them in a minute. But after that, Bernsey, you've talked about it a lot. Like, where's the greatness in this division? Like, I still feel like they should be very competitive. But can they move the ball the way they want to move the ball, the way that P.J. always has moved the ball? 
against the better teams this particular season? I don't know. I feel like this weekend's the litmus test. Because, I agree. Yeah. Big because time. Maryland yeah. is it looks like they've been exposed here the last couple of weeks. Now they've played a couple of very good teams mm-hmm. in Iowa and Ohio State. But then you have Northwestern and you have Illinois before Iowa. And if you want to be the West contender, which it's tough to like say offensively what it's going to look like now because again, it's a run first team. They want to play fleck ball, which is run the ball. Yeah. But you're now down your all American and now you're down number two. And now you got to rely on like, if you told me they come out and they figured it out in the passing game and they can move the ball against Nebraska that way and they somehow emerge with a victory because they are underdogs at home this weekend, I mean, I tell you, they can still have a shot at this thing because, again, we'll get to Iowa in a bit, but it's a it's a weird spot for them this weekend because I feel like this is going to be the next step in the road where is it going to be you can still contend or is it going to be the injuries have now become too much? Yeah, and it's I guess I would have a better sense if they were more – had any sort of balance on offense, right. which they don't. Then you say, you know what? You can just get a little bit more out of your passing game. It feels like they're going to have to do a complete transformation of who they are and their identity to be able to score those points. I just don't know that they're going to be able to run the ball consistently enough to play the way they want to play. So it feels like it's going to have to be a real um, reversal of what we've seen offensively. So yeah. that's why I wonder – is that going to take some time to kind of adjust to what they want to be, right? I, I just don't think you can stick to the same, this is who we are, this is our identity, we're not changing, right. no matter who the personnel is. I don't right. know that they can do that right now. I agree, and you see the best teams, make they make the shift if they can. And again, like you said, Bernsey, we're not saying go five wide and throw 45 Correct. times. It's not air raid. It's not Mike Leach. You know, yeah. He's not coming up here. But 25? I think it seems reasonable, 25 right? 25 to 30. 25 to you're, 30. And in that instance, you're still running the ball 35 times a game. Correct. Yeah. Well, I look at it this way. Let's use the other team in town, the Vikings. If Well, Dalvin Cook's hurt all the time. But yep. let's say Alexander Madison got hurt. And now you've got Amir Abdullah as running back three or uh, Ken uh, Nwangu, who they just drafted. Yeah. Like, what would they do? They would probably say, oh, we've got Thielen, we've got Jefferson. I know they don't have Irv Smith, but we've got Conklin or whatever. Like, let's trust our quarterback to make – not, again, crazy throws because Zimmer and PJ are similar. They want to just run the ball and play situational football and everything. That's what the Vikings would do, right? If they were down to Amir Abdullah and question marks after that, they would yeah. just say, Let's, we've we got to do something different. So I'm I'm fascinated to see 11 o'clock Huntington Bank it, Stadium, what they do. Yeah, I mean, in terms of overall like expectations, I thought the I thought the West would be more wide open than it is. Iowa's clearly the best team. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think they've established that. and, and It's not a fluke. The turnovers and all that at this point. It's, well, it's, hang on. I got, well, some, I got some things to okay. say yeah, about that. Okay. Go ahead. When, you, when you've done it this long and you're getting this many. Um, <laughs> to an extent. Something. It, it is a little bit of magic, you know, luck, whatever you want to phrase it. But um, but they're really good. They're a cut above, I think, everybody else. But when you look at the rest. Well, look at all the remaining games of the it, schedule. It's, it's yeah, like it's, I was the only one where you're like, okay, I was probably going to be able to get that one. But it's like Nebraska can't win a close game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maryland has turned back into a pumpkin the last couple of weeks. By the way, I don't love ripping kids, but uh, Talia turned the ball over is yeah. an amazing nickname. <laughs> I mean, it's just an amazing like, – I feel bad for him, but as an <laughs> Iowa fan, I think, coined that one after he yeah. threw six picks. Like, that is a ridiculous nickname. Oh, it works. Just, it works, yeah. But, yeah, the rest of the schedule is like – Well, Northwestern's not good. Yeah. Illinois is not good. You have Iowa. Right. Indiana doesn't look particularly like a top yeah. 25 team. Right. And then Wisconsin – Graham Mertz in that passing. I mean, Graham Mertz against I, Illinois 
was bad. Being Ten of over 19 there, for 100 yards. Being over pick. there and watching, I, we Ugh. went to a bar and watched the game, and there was a there was a deep ball where he had, I think it's Ferguson, wide open, like wide, and he couldn't even get the ball there. Right. I couldn't. It was. You're watching. It's like what in the world? I mean. He underthrew him by like 10 yards. And he caught it, but he had to wait on the ball. Well, so, Well, speaking of running back issues, we'll get into that with Wisconsin with their third scholarship running back dismissed already here with Jalen Berger yeah. uh, being dismissed here. But it's like, what do you guys think of I think, Nebraska? I, think, you I know don't what? know what to think. I, I don't know what to think. I, I thought mean, they were awful after one week. And yep. I watched that Michigan game the other night. And I don't know if that's just – I thought they played pretty darn well. They did, yeah. They play well. They have played well for like the last six weeks, but they just cannot find a way to yeah. win at the end. I remember that from Scott Frost's first year when they were 0-6 and the Gophers went down there. And they were 0-6 kind of in the same situation and ran them out of the gym. I mean, that was the day yeah. that was the day that Zach got hurt, Tanner went in there, all mm-hmm. of those things. So, yeah, I mean, they're, they're close. I mean, they're at the point. They yeah. can sell that they're close. That's it. Watching them and just seeing their results, it feels like a team that, their spurts where you're like, you know what, they're pretty good, mm-hmm. and then spurts where you're like, yeah, they're not. This is a it, where's it going? So I, I think, think this I think, game's a big one for them too. Absolutely, to see which way they're going to go. This feels like 2019 Nebraska week. Remember that that night game where yeah. Minnesota was five and zero. I think Nebraska was four and one or something. Is that where they were? Yeah, and it was. And we were all. Everybody's trying to figure out who's who's good. What would the line now is Nebraska three and a half? Yep. What would that line be if Potts was held? Is that Reflective of pots, or is that just reflective of I the? I think pots teams? is probably worth a. In this instance, probably like a point, point and a half, just because. So, the, I think it's the betters would have said. Yeah, would have said Nebraska well, probably even if he was here. I would think so. Yeah, just I don't the think way he, Nebraska, yeah. yeah, just the way Nebraska has been playing because Martinez is playing as well as we've seen, but again, he has those moments where big turnover, big yeah. spot again. I also think it's an interesting spot for Nebraska because. Um, you know, two things. Their injuries on the offensive line. They just tack- lost another one too, right? Yeah, yeah. Teddy yeah. Prohaska, who had been rotating in at right tackle for the former Lakeville kid and Bryce Bender. Their tackles yeah. are terrible. Well, they put him back in the other night, and he because he got benched, right? I have never like Pro Football Focus. Say what you will about it. I I went on there and I looked at him. Can you anybody want to guess what the left tackles pass pro grade is now? An average Pro Football. Thank you focus for this context. Yeah. I, I, is I would sixty. Know. Yeah. It's sixty is average. All right, so I'm going to say thirty-five. Yeah, I'd say 30. Three. Three? What? It's three. He has allowed 34 pressures himself. He's allowed 34 pressures himself in seven games. Wow. The entire gopher offensive line has allowed 31 in, through five games. Now, Nebraska, well, I remember watching him last year. I mean, Boye yeah. Mafe handled him. Yeah. And among then others. Ben Hart has been bad, too. Yeah. Oh, so, that's what I was talking about. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. the other kid is uh, Turner Corcoran. I okay. mean, their offensive line's been an issue, which is part of the offensive line issue. But it's also... I mean, do you buy into this narrative where Nebraska had three straight night games? They were at Michigan State, home against um, Northwestern, and, yeah. and then they were home last week in a big emotional game against Michigan. Now they got to come up to Minneapolis for an 11 a.m. John. The early wake-up call? Is that what you're well, going with? Well, I, it's three straight night games, three straight emotional games. That, where, I think it's the night games, I don't I don't read. But I, I do think there is something to be said about when you keep – Playing like if you're playing well and losing close games, I think that takes something out of you. Well, now this, like, they, they might be able to respond and get up if they get in a big lead early. Yep. it may not matter, but I, I do wonder. You do worry about a team's psyche when you're losing close games a lot. It's also their eighth straight game. Like they've already played seven games where Minnesota's played five, mm-hmm. and Martinez is their leading rusher. Whether you want to look at 
yardage or carries. I mean, he's getting that, – that was a physical game last he, week. Again, you know, I don't know what to think of this game yeah, coming in. It's weird. I thought he played good the other night, and then obviously the fumble at the end was not good. Um, but he made some nice plays, and he looked confident. But we've seen that before. He He's that tease where you, you've seen him play, make plays where you're like, okay, I see where this is going, and then see him struggle with his accuracy throwing the ball. So it's funny. I was thinking about this yesterday. And I was like, ah, are we going to make predictions today? Cause I want to think about it all week because this is a weird one yeah. to try to – because I don't know um, the Potts injury. What is the – is there any psychological, emotional thing with the team that that, that does? But more so just – them figuring out their offense. Well, that's, I worry it. about the psyche of the coaches because be. we've talked about, like, even the going into the Bowling Green game, like, I think they get spun up about how they want to play a game, and I think that trickles down to the team. Yeah. Of, well, this is what we're going to do. Okay. So we're, we, we're going to have no problems with Bowling Green because th- these are what this is our game plan. Okay. Yeah. They must suck. And they do, but they, I don't think they've won since they beat the Gophers. No. But I think, I think it can trickle down. The line is three and a half this morning. Nebraska, as you mentioned. Uh, favored the over under forty eight, so they're thinking that's, like twenty seven, twenty four. It seems kind of high to that me. That seems high. That for seems me. high to me, based on the way Minnesota's defense is yeah. playing, the way Nebraska's defense is playing. But again, if you were going to have this injury happen, I guess you have it happen on a bye week, mm-hmm. so you get an extra week to think about it and an extra week to make your adjustments. I, I mean, I just, I, I don't know which way this thing goes. I think it's huge for both. It's a major game. Yeah, it's, I thought the Purdue game was big for the Gophers to respond after the mm-hmm. Bowling Green debacle. They did, um, but now this one is like you say. Which way is your season going to go? Well, that and Scott Frost has had issues with Fleck. I mean, last year Minnesota had no business winning that game in Lincoln. That was an amazing afternoon. <laughs> I've never. Well, first of all, I was um, I was among like fifty thousand cardboard cutouts. Yeah, I mean, because you know, <laughs> as you yeah. know, I mean, Nebraska, first of all, it's like eight degrees. Yeah, because it's December fifth or December twelfth yeah. or whenever yeah. it was. And there's nobody in Lincoln, which is weird because everybody's always in Lincoln. Like a game day in Lincoln is, is you know, a holiday. And, you know, I'm used to like a couple dozen cardboard cutouts. <laughs> and there it's like the parents <laughs> were basically in the upper deck because all the cutouts were in the first like 30 rows. But, yeah, very strange game. Very strange game. Because you had, again, Minnesota wins 21-14. They're down however many. I mean, 4,000 players. Yeah. But, again, Nebraska had all the chances in the world, but mm-hmm. they just didn't feel like their coaches knew what the heck they were doing. No, they looked disorganized. And then Did nine- you call into one of the call-in shows? Because I listened <laughs> oh, on my way home. Loved, I, it was the, unbelievable. Uh, and this is – I don't want to derail this, but my wife still to this day does not appreciate – because I didn't travel with the team last year – does not appreciate how critical the 11 o'clock kick was to get me on the 6 o'clock Omaha flight <laughs> back home, which got me back on I-80, whatever it is, to yeah. go up back up north to Omaha – just in time to listen to all nine parts of the Scott Frost postgame show, Oof. which is, I mean, ridiculous. I mean, he's there for like 40 minutes, yeah. you know, breaking the game down. Um, PJ would never do that, by the way. Never. No coach would, but Nebraska, you can, and it's yeah. brought to you by nine banks. Yeah. And then when I flipped on the call-in show, I thought it was a host talking. <laughs> no, it was like, it was Bill from Bellevue who just wanted <laughs> to talk about how he hated Scott Frost. And it was it was like legitimate caller that sounded like a host. That's how big of a rant and a meltdown he was on. And you know, Jeremiah Searles or whoever was doing the game just let him go. It was an amazing hour. I usually yeah. call people on my drives. I just sat there and flipped. Just listen because they've got nine different calling yeah. shows. And then I got to have two beers, watch Wisconsin and Iowa at the gate eight, four at Omaha Airport. Get home. I was home by seven. Great day. Unbelievable day. God, I hope that's Northwestern this year is an 11 a.m. kick. I'd love to get home in the same day. But it's like also in 19, Minnesota, Scott Frost comes in here and they get boat raced out of here. Yeah. And that yeah. was obviously a different Minnesota team, but it's yep. 
there's no denying Scott Frost has also had a little bit of a P.J. Fleck issue. Like, Fleck has had an issue with uh, Chris, and he's had one with um, Ferentz. With Ferentz, yeah. so. Yeah. He's only been there 24 years. You need me to remind you of his name? <laughs> You're still at the wedding. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Hayden? No. Chris well, I was about to call Chris uh, Brett Bielema, so I'm yeah. like, oh, yeah. Jiminy Cricket. So. By the way, he's not missing any burgers or beers. Bielema. Jeez. I love him. Far be man. it for me to. <laughs> Same here. We all have our issues, but yeah. he's he's living the life. But anyway. It, so it's just there's so many ways this can go for both teams because there's so many storylines, and you just don't know. With the bye week, how much is that going to help Minnesota versus right. Nebraska's yeah. eighth straight game versus everything? I mean. I don't know. I'm with Chip. I don't know which way I want to have this thing go in terms of the prediction yet because it's. Yeah, I, I would, think it's a lot closer than what people think. I oh, think, I think it's a close game, um, and I I can see where it would be hard to. I'm not a betting man, but if I was, this would be a hard one for me to do. Just I wouldn't because touch I, it with a ten foot pole. No, no, there's just so much unknowns with both teams. I think still agreed that I just I wouldn't feel comfortable putting my hard earned money down on one team. No. That's just me. I wouldn't either. Um, all right. Anything else we want to talk about? Earned, but... earned. Yeah. <laughs> money. Yeah. <laughs> uh, any other final thoughts on the Gophers? If they don't open it up this week, and again, open it up, we're just asking them to throw 25 to say 28 times against Nebraska. I think that's incredibly realistic. It's just like, if at what point, if it's not going to happen against Nebraska in a, in a pivotal game for you, when is it ever going to happen? Correct. All I right. agree. So we'll find out 11 o'clock at Huntington Bank Stadium. All right, let's review the game of the weekend in the Big Ten. Um, I talked to you a little bit about this, Chip, the other day. I don't know if it's because I grew up reading the pages of the Star Tribune or whatever. But here's how I think if Minnesota was Iowa this weekend, I think the story would be, well, they had to win that game. Sean Clifford went out in the second quarter, and they were down 17-3. You were gifted an opportunity he, he turned it over twice, but he also had three straight scoring drives, including probably would have been a touchdown if he didn't get smoked, which is part of the conversation. They knocked him out of the game. But when the backup quarterback comes in, fumbles the first yeah. snap, and has three straight false starts, you know that game's over. If Iowa doesn't win that game, then they're the biggest frauds in the history of college football. That's how it would be played here in Minneapolis-St. Paul, and it's not. And that's – well, I would say when you look at their first – Six weeks, and everything that's transpired, if you're not sitting there and saying, if you don't turn this into a spot in the college football playoff, you've you've missed your opportunity. You've missed your opportunity yeah. because it feels like literally every single thing has gone their way. Every bounce, every uh, – it, it, you know, I hate to say a guy getting injured is a lucky, you know, fortunate because you don't want to see a guy get hurt, but – I'm not sure they win that game if Clifford... Well, they're down 17-3 when he goes out. And he's looking good. Yes, after his first pick, which was criminal, yeah. Yeah. which was classic. <laughs> I mean, you can't even make it up, the whole yeah. thing. I mean, it's just... It, but, again, that's how Iowa plays. Perfect punt. Crowd yep. goes crazy. Yep. First play, Clifford rolls out, and it's almost like he just... It, it Literally, it's like, that's how I throw a ball to my 7- and 4-year-old to make sure they can catch it. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, just here you go. I'm like, I, I, I had in. I, okay, put your hands ready. Because the Iowa guy was just standing there. He's like, well, crap, I better catch this. I mean, he literally just soft-tossed it to me, and they score. You know, Actually, their scoring drive, that uh, drive was three plays, minus eight yards for a field goal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, so it's the most. Bursey's just shaking his head. I just, I know, well, I it was incredible, and I knew you were at a wedding. I didn't want to text you. 
I, but I, I, I got tweets about you, so I can I got only imagine t- yours. I, I, I checked my phone once during while I was out there, and I had ten tweets of people being like, "Hey, just yeah. want you to know, four <laughs> plays, negative eight yards scoring drive yeah. by Iowa, and they're winning, and they're winning, <laughs> and they're winning." And my favorite is like, I had nothing to do with any of it, and I got included in your whole drama. <laughs> uh, but so, and again, like I. I want to give them credit because they and they made enough yep. plays offensively. We'll talk about Petrus. It was a great play to win the game, but it's yep. like for two and a half quarters, no matter who how good their defense is, whatever they had nothing to worry about defensively. Yeah, nothing. But they have twenty takeaways. They have yeah. sixteen interceptions. Mm-hmm. That's they're averaging almost three interceptions a game. Mm-hmm. It's it's mind blowing. Well, mm-hmm. that's where like Bill Conley, ESPN, does a lot of great things for analytical writing with college football over there and that's where he's been comparing wisconsin and iowa two of the very good defenses in the big 10 and that's where he's looked at the amount of deflections that have turned into interceptions for both teams Mm -hmm. and anybody want to guess so Iowa's got 42 pass deflections this year that's a lot anyone anybody want to guess how many of those deflections have then turned into interceptions how many deflections? Sorry, 42. I, was, I was looking at So they have at 16 these. total, so like is half of them off deflection? I don't know if half. So it's 16 interceptions on 42 passes defended. Wisconsin's got 29 passes defended. Anybody want to guess how many interceptions? Uh, Like seven? Two. Two? It's like wow. both are at very different ends of the spectrum Not here. Not sustainable. Yeah. And it's just like, but I you, get it. Iowa has led, I think I said it last week, they lead college football since 18 in takeaways. Yes. But it's also like you watch how some of these things happen, some of these yeah. takeaways, and it's like, how does this lucky bounce yeah. continue to happen? Again, some of these where it's like Hankins or, you know, whoever the safeties are, uh, corner Riley there. Moss. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they they play the ball well, but it's also like there's one or two of these turnovers a week where it's like they are gifted this, like whether that was against Maryland, that was the Dante Demas breaks both of his knees thing, yeah. and mm-hmm. they get it, uh, and they get it again within the 15, or last week the Justin Jacobs thing. It's like they get one of these each week, and I'm like, how long can that continue to happen where they get one just gifted to them that is a momentum change? Well, and here's why I, I'm more frustrated by it, because I wanted to see – that game. Yeah. I wanted to see it play out like Alabama A&M, like Oklahoma, Texas. Now, a backup quarterback went in there. We'll talk about how important a backup is in 2021. Yeah. Um, I wanted to see that game, and I thought I wanted to see, can Iowa come back against Sean Clifford at 17-3? I want to remind people, 17-3 is the score when he goes out. He's through two picks, but at 146 yards, and after the, the criminal one, it's pretty damn good. Yeah, I mean, he, we he haven't seen drives. a team move that a ball against Iowa like that. They were throwing it all over the place. Yes. Yeah. And so I wanted to see that. And so part of my anger is I feel cheated because on a bye week where I actually got to watch college football, I didn't get – I want to know what Iowa is because I still don't feel like we do. I want to believe in Iowa, yeah. but I still, don't, I still don't feel like we can. I didn't get to see the game. When Clifford was in there, were they running the ball at all? Or was it just were... – They were – I mean, I'll give you his line. I mean, he threw the ball 25 times in a quarter wow. and a half, basically. So, Which so is basically the way you have to do it against Iowa. And that was I, – I uh, listened to um, the inspiration for this podcast, the uh, Yahoo Sports podcast, and Pat Forty, who was at the game, said that when he was doing his work leading up to it and talking to Franklin after, he said, we can't run the ball against Iowa. We yeah. have to throw it. 25 – I mean, we just talked about Tanner Morgan getting to 25. Yeah. Clifford had that by, you know, four 20 minutes into the yeah. game. Yeah, so <laughs> they were throwing it. And that was what was interesting is they were they were protecting him well. He was he was moving it over the middle. He was, and he was taking deep shots. Receiver. Yeah, and the tight end had a couple of nice plays like – they weren't, yeah. They weren't really trying to run the ball much, and really the only time they ran the ball was when the backup quarterback went in. That was the one scoring drive they had, which was a field goal. They basically let Taquan Rob- Roberson run. 
because that was all he was capable of doing. He was certainly he was not ready for that moment. I have moment. never yeah. seen an again. I only watched the highlights back. I'd never seen a quarterback that fresh. I mean, the, can we also talk about the whole cadence thing that led to like nine straight false starts? Yeah, yeah. How they didn't sw- yeah. How they didn't switch it after the first couple of false starts? Mm-hmm. Where, Again, you're trying well, to. Well, to be gains. fair, three of them were right in a row. They didn't have time to switch. <laughs> oh my god! And you got the center yelling at the guard like, "I can't hear." <laughs> He's just screaming at the guy. At what it was point, why didn't they just have they? We're gonna yeah. tap the, tap the guard. The here you go. Say, yeah. They right, finally here we went go. to it. Yeah. yeah, but it took boy. I mean, it's just. Yeah. How do you? How are you, Penn State, and your crew as well as they do? And again, they were they're one of those teams where they're not quite Ohio State, where they don't, where Ohio State selects. And yeah, they don't have to recruit. I think Penn State's near that tier. They're, They're top fifteen, right? For but sure. It's, how do you, again, I get it. Knicks a, a, a tough place to come into, especially mm-hmm. in that environment. But he oh, just they smelled blood once Roberson was out there. Yeah, I mean, it was, they they knew what was coming, and then you get a couple false starts. And I mean, they were the twelfth man, one hundred percent. You have a guy like that just it just well, completely just you know their backup quarterback is is right now quarterbacking the six and zero Kentucky Wildcats. I mean, he was this yeah. is twenty twenty one. I mean, yeah. you see Alabama or uh, Oklahoma. Has a guy mm-hmm. who probably should be the starter, probably will be Caleb Williams. I think yeah. that's his name. He comes in and leads him back. Yeah. Uh, Penn State's old backup is yeah. six playing well for Kentucky. Yeah, they've got his... college game day against Georgia this week. So like that's it. That's what's fascinating because you said they've recruited the hell out of every position. <laughs> yes. And so much so that you know Clifford takes over for McSorley and bang, this quarterback says I want to go play. Burns, this might be more for you too though. Is how much though has the quarterback position evolved to where all these guys go to camps and they have specialists and quarterback guys mm-hmm. that and now you have the transfer portal and I've always said if if you're a quarterback and there's a guy ahead of you a year or whatever and you're not starting transfer yeah because you're not good and that is probably hypocritical because I said Dunlop you're one injury away but I think that quarterback position is so specialized now and people spend so much money in the train I'm talking about high schools correct to get to that point that when they invested so much time and money and specialization in that position that if you're you don't want to be a backup right well that's why i give credit to all the gopher quarterbacks i think that yeah. yeah. included yeah. i mean yeah. he's probably sitting here going man I, I i was the starter eight years ago yeah and i Cole kramer you can say the same thing uh the kid from texas clark yeah you've got uh cal of uh the greek um what do we call him the greek missile the greek rocket the greek rifle yeah, yeah the greek Calif- rifle Manus. there we go yeah. will we ever know that i don't yeah. know because tanner might play for another nine years i don't know but yeah. So I give I give you credit for people that have stuck around because you're right, Chip. It is not the norm at all. No, and I, you know, Annex did. I after he lost that job, I thought, and I don't know why. Probably just the, the climate that college sports under. I thought for sure he'd be gone. Well, it's so strange because Minnesota's got five scholarship quarterbacks right, right now. When they do stay, you're almost like, wow. Yes, that's unusual. Yes, this guy stayed. That's I mean, that's a ton for 2021 college football. Yeah. Now I don't think they'll have five come the end of the spring. No. But I mean, for Iowa now. It's Jeff Brom this weekend, and Jeff Brom has been a thorn in the side. They beat him last year. Yeah, I think yeah. they've beat him at least two of the last three. Years. And they're a team that'll take shots. Like they have no illusions Their of running the ball. Their offense is how you beat Iowa. Yes, I mean, and you do wonder about you had such a big game and everything, top five, and the yep. motion of that. And Riley Moss after his He's, interception is dead. I mean, he he's yeah. celebrating. Yeah, it, we, but he wasn't even like celebrating. He was just kind of hopping off the field and then went down like he was shot. I mean, you feel terrible for that guy. I still think they're good enough. They're not going to have that let down where you just like it might be closer than we yeah. otherwise. Just because they're you just see the hangover. A it lot wouldn't happen. surprise me if Purdue does it. Just because again, you look at it's that this, it's that Kinnick though, right? It is. It yeah. is but, sold out crowd. But you look at college football this year. We've seen as many ranked teams go down. Yeah, I think the number is forty now. It's yeah. insane. 
I mean, if Alabama can go down, of which uh, Mike Grimm was at at that game, your friend there. Yep. I, I, I think Iowa, I would, by the way, 11.5-point favorites. I think the over-under is 43. Yeah, Gross. I think I'd be more inclined to say that if it was at Purdue. Yeah. But being at home, I just think that's uh, – their crowd will get them back up into it. You know? I think you're probably right, yeah. Um, I want to talk about Spencer uh, Petrus because we've talked about the offense. And Fairness and Petrus Act, they're down 17-3. I don't know if I've mentioned that enough today. <laughs> they were down 17-3. Uh, Iowa's first couple possessions, I mentioned the, the first scoring drive was – you know. Four plays, negative eight yards for a field goal. It was after the interception. They went three and out the next possession. Had a pick the possession after that. A punt the next possession after that. And then when it's 17-3, they go on an 11-play, 75-yard drive. And Spencer Petrus, I don't know if you guys saw this, um, on third and nine at Penn State's 38, finds your guy, Nico Regani, for a 22-yard first down. And that pass, you can say, gave them life and changed the game. Because it's third and long. They're in the meat grinder. We don't know yet that Clifford is not going to return. We know that he'd been in the tent and things like that, but I give him credit. He hung in there. He got blasted, put the ball right where it needed to be, first down, and a couple of plays later, they're in the end zone. That pass, that's why I think you know coaches like him because he had another one later in the game on third down where he had to hang in, took a hit. And that's because Iowa fans, you know, like everybody, hate their quarterback at times. It's like that's what the coaches see. And that's why they believe him. It's like, hey, when it, we needed him and they were taking on water, he took him down the field and made a huge throw to keep the drive alive. And is he one of those guys that seems like, instead of asking him to make 10 to 12 plays a game, make three. Yeah. Make three that's critical throws. That's about what he did. You know? Oh, yeah. so again, the way Iowa's defense forces turnovers and then they got uh, the next coming of Ray Guy at punter. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's where it, it, it works for them. And that's where I think. I think it's an interesting kind of look when you look at Tanner Morgan and Mike Sanford and then Brian Ferentz to Spencer Petrus in terms of the relationship of what they're asked to do. You know, we saw in the moments when Brian Ferentz actually needs Spencer Petrus to make a play. I think the play design was really good, especially on that final touchdown. It was great. You know, can are we going to be able to see that here? Because I think it's you're asking both quarterbacks to essentially just be game managers. Yeah. And I feel like Ferentz has put – Petrus and maybe some better opportunities with some of these throws. Again, that third and nine throw, again, tough throw, but even the game-winning throw, I mean, he is wanting, running wide open across the field there. And again, it's great play design, and that's where I am very interested to see if we see that here at Minnesota now with how things have kind of evolved here offensively. But yeah, I mean, Petrus made the throws when he needed to, and that's kind of the way Iowa's had their quarterback play for seemingly the Ferentz era. Well, anything else you want to yeah, add to? I'm no, just watching. I, I, I'm watching the fans storm the field at Kinnick here after the the final interception. But with, this is like the quintessential Kirk Ferentz no question, model. No question. With the punter, you even talked about the punter and how our fans cheer. They, they have, went nuts. And it, what's punting is winning, or what is the, the punting is winning? Punt, he has. Yeah. You see, he has an nil. Uh, Pat Forty mentioned that he has an nil deal with some shirt manufacturer that mm-hmm. everybody's wearing punting is winning shirts and. And they use him as a weapon, like this this punter, you know, yeah, being able to he's tremendous. pin him inside. And then you have that defense that's opportunistic in an offense that is just does enough. Is that the right way to phrase yeah, it? They, well, yeah. I mean, that's what they've done. Yeah. I mean, enough. just enough. Just don't kill. Don't have the killer turnover. Yep. Make a play when you're asked to make it. Yep. And just be a compliment to the other two phases. And you look at all their good teams, I mean, whether it's, you know, 2 they were pretty explosive. That was the year Brad Banks yeah. was runner-up to Carson Palmer at Heisman Trophy. 
he could do everything. That was like the one mobile quarterback Ferentz has ever had where he was all over the place. But 04, same thing, just figure it out, find a way. That was a year, by the way, they lost um, – I'm trying to think. They they basically couldn't run the ball, and yeah. they had to throw it all over the place, and they did. Was that a – who's the quarterback then? Was that – Drew Tate? Drew Tate, yeah. Drew Back Tate then, yeah. early on. You know, 09, same thing. Opportunistic. 15, same thing. Opportunistic. I mean, they've got a blueprint. I yeah. mean, and this is – I mean, it's right off the file cabinet of well, I saw how a, they want to play. And I saw a stat. I forgot who had the tweet yesterday that they have the third – I think it was PFF – Said so they had the third or fourth easiest schedule the rest of the way. Yeah, because they're in the Big Ten West. Yeah, because yeah, and Wisconsin's no good. I mean, that's yeah. their their toughest game might be Nebraska in Lincoln at the end of the season. Yeah. Depending on again, yeah. we'll see what both teams, Minnesota and Wisconsin, are this weekend. But they go to Lincoln um, at the end of the season. This well, that's year. the thing. I mean, you mentioned it to start this whole thing. If Iowa, like, if you're an Iowa fan, and again, we're we're both staring here, Chip, and an yeah. Iowa <laughs> alum here. I'm not an alum. I never graduated. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. An Iowa I, freshman. Not that proud. Iowa <laughs> rising, no, falling sophomore. <laughs> you've got rising sophomores, you've got falling sophomores. That's what I am. Like, if I was ever going to have a year like this, for them to have a shot at the playoff, again, we'll see how Ohio State, I mean, Ohio State has looked like Ohio State the last couple of yeah. weeks. Michigan looks incredibly formidable. We'll see how they look when they get. Like, I think it's inevitable now, unless they just implode, that I was going to get to Indianapolis. Yes, and that's yeah. the, what happens then after because. In 15, when Michigan State beat them in a great game, like that winner went to the playoff. They were both yeah. undefeated. Like Ohio State, you, we were talking about this before, Chip. What if Iowa gets to that game, plays Penn State again, plays Ohio State, whatever? What happens if they lose that game to them? Do they go to the Rose Bowl, which Iowa fans would be perfectly fine with, or do they still get into the playoffs somehow? And that's something we're going to have to talk about in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, it It comes down to eye test on the loss if they did lose. Um, and like you mentioned, Cincinnati is the big wild card out there. You know, I don't know. Yeah. The Indiana, their Indiana win is not as impressive as it looked preseason. What it might be, obviously they beat Notre Dame, um, but after last year, I think that committee is going to have a hard time leaving them out. If well, they I just run the think table. the Pac-12 is going to get left out in this instance. Well, here's your AP top twenty-five: Georgia, Iowa, Cincinnati, Oklahoma. Who, if they make the quarterback change, I mean, they're pretty much a lock. Yeah, I, mean, I don't see them losing the rest of the way. Alabama, after losing to A and M, is five and one. Ohio State six, Penn State seven, Michigan. Hey, we're going to start talking about them more, too, if this thing goes on. And then Oregon and Michigan State round out the top ten. Yeah, that, so it's five Big Tens in the top ten, yeah. right? How about Jay Johnson just at yeah. Michigan State there? I mean, I, an explosive Michigan State offense. It is incredible what is, they're doing out yeah, there. Yeah, is, is uh, Tucker getting enough pub for what he's done there? Probably not. He's I mean, Big Ten not, Coach of the Year to me right now, I would, without question. Well, I think part of it is a lot of people are waiting and seeing because – they still the Northwestern. They, yeah, they beat Miami. Okay, uh, Nebraska again, it, close game. Yeah, and then Rutgers. Like we'll see again. None they still of us have, are believers. I mean, they they're in the East. They've got the gauntlet. They like, got Penn State, Iowa, or Ohio yeah. State. Yeah, Michigan at Purdue, at Ohio State, and Penn State. Like let's see. It's, yeah. it's a rough November. No yeah, <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> but, so but like, but yeah, Jay Johnson, good for him. Good dude. Did a good job while he was here. You know, maybe he would have fixed the hero clays, but again, it, it is what it is with all the off field transgressions that happen. But it's also like. I also want to spend like a minute here in Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. So you have the Jalen Berger thing. So your third dismissed running back. Yeah. And you want, again, they win 24 nothing because that defense is incredible and they yeah. run for whatever they do. But it's also like. It was like a 10 nothing game forever. I, I went to a bar and watched it, and Illinois had no shot with their offense. Right. And so the, the Wisconsin's offense just had it. They Illinois were always bad. Run the and ball. it makes that yeah. Nebraska loss or Nebraska win for them look. That was again, still a head scratcher. Yeah. 
but but I, I do I do like Wisconsin's defense. I think yeah. I think their their front seven is good. I just wonder how you fix Wisconsin. Like I, well, I think it, it's all the offensive line, right? I mean, that's what we've we've heard about, we've well, talked yeah, about, and the quarterback, yeah. yeah, the quarterback's no good. And I don't think that again, I don't think Chesma Lucy's the answer long term. Maybe it's Braylon Allen who finally got some carries here. He's only seventeen years old. They're not, you know, Lucy's not as bad as I. He's okay. I, they're, they're, He's they're an okay, okay combination. But I just Wisconsin, don't think the line is great. But I watched Jonathan Taylor house it on like the first play He's of the game Jonathan on Monday Taylor. Night Football. It's like, <laughs> oh, that's the difference. Yeah. He's yeah. not Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, that's no. the difference. But they're, they're okay. I just I don't think the lines as imposing as they have been in the past, and so I think a lot of it's he's having to create as much. Yeah. Um. But it, you know the quarterback and the defense, their defense is, tr- is good. Yes. Yeah. And well, they will continue to be, and they're still going to win seven games, eight games right. this year because Correct. of that defense. Well, but it's just that's such a good point because that's like. Fans over there, this happens in Iowa too. I mean, the programs that Minnesota's trying to compete with. It's like, you even look at Barry Alvarez. He'd mix in a seven and six every yeah. now and then, right? Mm-hmm. Bielema would mix in a seven and six. Like, winning 11 games at these programs every year is not, that's to use it's your not phrase, your birthright. not sustainable. <laughs> no. And like, you are going to have dips, even if you've recruited better. And because it's just, that's just kind of the way it works. I, they're going to have some type of dip every once in a while. It's like, Chris went like 10, 10, and 10, right, in terms of victory, maybe mm-hmm. even 12 a couple of times. Like, mm-hmm. you're not just going to turn the lights on and have that happen. So, but it is interesting to see them go through things that you don't associate them with, kicking guys off the team. Line play. Line right. play. Yeah. Quarterbacks that now we've talked about it forever for 30 years. Going back to John Stocko, they've hated their quarterback, <laughs> yeah. right? So that's nothing new. They probably hated Daryl Bevel, and he took him to yeah. a Rose Bowl. The only quarterback they haven't hated is Russell Wilson, and they mm-hmm. had him for a year. So that that's what, you know, there's some things that – They've always kind of had these types of issues, but just the kind of the instability, I think, is what yeah. is, is the 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 formula is different this time. Than yeah, what we've it seems seen. like yeah. it. Yeah, it seems like it. So I don't know, but tell you what, like last year, I think we talked about the Nebraska game for the Gophers, like how that was a nice victory. Like I think last year's Wisconsin game was one of the biggest missed opportunities oh, we had, hundred percent, because 100%. Of what they were down to, yeah. um, just the whole situation. Again, I was the only one in they the couldn't score. They couldn't, and. They still can't. You got the interception. <laughs> you had the missed field goal. Like, and yep. five years from now, no one's going to say, "Oh, what happened that game?" They're just going to go, "Oh, 2020. Gophers went to Madison and got the axe." Like well, even, they've had it two of the last three years. Like all of that stuff year, matters this year for Minnesota. You get Wisconsin at home. Huge mm-hmm. game. Yeah. If you, this is a fantastic opportunity for yes, you to beat a Wisconsin team that doesn't look very good this year. What else do you guys want to talk about? We got like two minutes. Anything else on your mind? Well, this weekend, I will say, reminded me. Why this is the greatest sport ever invented? <laughs> Seriously, Are you, sure you were just breathing that Wisconsin air with your family. I mean, intoxicated by I know, love. I know some people don't like the college game because of how the scoring and the defense is not great, and every game's you know forty-five. 40. I the drama of what happened Saturday across all conferences, yeah. close finishes, the back and forth shootouts, um, just reaffirmed. That there's nothing better to me. There's nothing better than college football. Have you seen the video of the Texas A&M kicker's family? No, yes. no. Oh, yeah. They're the one who made the game-winning kick. It's like his dad, his mom, and presumably his, his girlfriend. W- I think it's his wife. His wife. Actually. Oh, good for him. Yeah. yeah, nicely done. Nicely done. Yeah. Um, they just have a camera on them. It's like 30 seconds of the anticipation. They're screaming. Mom crumbles and cries. Dad <laughs> takes his hat off. Eyes closed. Yeah. Just wife starts crying, and then she's just gone. Just vanishes to the field. She We're rushing to the field. Well, because everybody else was. Yeah. She's like, I gotta go. And that 
oh my says gosh. it all. But like that does. I was actually talking to Lindsay Whalen about this on Monday because she was saying the same thing. Like I've really gotten it. Like the college sports, there's nothing like it. It's like. I love the Vikings, but it's like, that's not happening at Vikings-Lions. You know, as much as Kirk Cousins tried to recreate that moment with Mike Zimmer, like, yeah. no yeah. one's rushing the field to go no. kiss their husband or whatever yeah. after you beat Alabama in front of 70,000 people. I, well, it was an amazing video. Said at Texas A&M? 106,000. Yeah, I believe that. Also said the uh, Friday night yell yeah, was, thing is the strangest thing he's <laughs> yeah, ever been to. That's right. So trust me, he'll go on for about twenty minutes. He asks, yeah, yeah. he'll go into excruciating detail. But <laughs> Let's I, just hope it doesn't come up during the PJ Flex show. Today. And that's where you look at like the Big Ten schedule this week. It's pretty blah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. the game day game this week is Georgia Kentucky, one versus eleven. Yeah. Georgia's a twenty-four point favorite. Okay. Wow. Yeah. You know that's that's our game of the week. Yeah. So, you got Army Wisconsin. You have Purdue Iowa. Rutgers Northwestern. Minnesota, Nebraska, and Michigan State, Indiana. Yeah. Yeah. You can go to the orchard Again, this you weekend. Gotta, <laughs> <laughs> if you need to get it's your family you gotta, photos of pumpkins, yeah, you this is the time. Pick apples this week. Yeah. <laughs> it's supposed to be beautiful, by the way, on Saturday. I think 58 degrees, 60 degrees I'm in sun. I'm traveling to – I got the Vikings this weekend, so I will not be at the Gopher game. I, yeah, I'm trying I'm going to beat you to the press box, and Rope Mac and I are going to be like, well, where's Chip? Yeah, yeah I mean, the other Oklahoma State, Texas, I'm just trying to see where are the other good games. BYU, Baylor. I'm we needed a sure. week. College football needed a week to recover after Take that. Take a breather. Saturday. Yeah. Take a breather. Kind of like Burnsy. We need to recover. <laughs> yeah. Well, I get to come back to, again, this game for both teams, for a variety of reasons with Minnesota and Nebraska, is gigantic. Yep. I am incredibly intrigued to see the tweaks that both teams make. And, again, I'm intrigued to see if Joe Rossi can slow down Adrian Martinez because that offensive line is not good for the Huskers, but the way Martinez has been using his legs to scramble, make plays, and it's going to be a tough test for them. Over under Iowa interceptions against Jeff Brom. Seven? I was going to say three Well, and they're going to throw it 50 times, well, so there's it. the opportunities are going to be there. Well, that's even Jeff Brom said after the Gopher game. He said, well, we throw it a lot. So, you know, bad things are going to happen every yeah. once in a while. That's just kind of part of the deal. I'll set the over three and a half. Yeah, I yeah. think you're right. Yeah. How, and how many times will a guy fumble after dying on the field? <laughs> Where? <laughs> well, that's the next thing. Yeah. Is, you know, all, like, ten, well, and to be fair, this happened to the Gophers in 2019. Rondale Moore and, and the and the quarterback both got hurt on the Correct. same play in yeah. Purdue. Yep. It, Gophers had, you know, three backup quarterbacks go against. Like, that sometimes it's just your sometimes year. Sometimes it happens. Yeah. And I loved how you phrased it, Chipper. Like, if not now, win to get into the playoff if you're yep. the Iowa Hawkeyes because the road is certainly paved for you. All right, guys. Good stuff. Good to see everybody. Good to see you. Glad we all survived bye weekend. You in Wisconsin. You at a wedding. <laughs> Me at Great Wolf Lodge. <laughs> we were all in Harvard. We live an exciting life. Don't well, we? Great Wolf Lodge is like Vegas for kids. One night is enough. Two is too many. Yeah. The next one, uh, after two nights, I went there for spring break with our neighbors. I looked at my guy. Have you ever been to Vegas? My neighbor John said, "Yeah." I go. I feel like night day three of Vegas. It's like I just want to get the hell home. We should have taken the red eye last night, but we didn't. Uh, thanks everybody. Thanks again to Northern Lids, NorthernLids.com to check out their entire selection of awesome uh, patch hats. They're beautiful. They can make whatever you want at NorthernLids.com. Appreciate their patronage on the podcast, and we will talk to you next week on Parent Spare. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.